This week, Stealthy Hunter launched the Western Hunting Summit. This has been a brainchild of Ryan's for at least the last year, if not longer than that. And he's been working diligently on it for the last few months. I know it's coming up in June and I know it seems like there's so many other things that you could be doing or you already have plans or, you know, but if there's any chance that you can make it to Bozeman, Montana, June 27th through 30th of this year, you will not be disappointed. Ryan has been working alongside with Cody Rich, who um, is going to be emceeing the Western Hunting Expo, as well as for our VIP members, going to be putting on a barbecue at his place, a night shoot. You're going to get to go hiking with Ryan, Bar Brian Barney, Cody Rich, um, some of the other presenters uh, for two days, camp out, campfire stories. Um, and if you can't do that and you just want to come for the weekend, you can do that. So we have two packages, the Adventure VIP, which we'll do all four days, and then the Weekend Warrior, which we'll do Saturday and Sunday. You can expect to get a ton of knowledge, a bunch of education, and most of all, friendships and mentorship. This is really, as Ryan says it, trying to cut the curve in two years, in two days. And it's going to be mainly focused on Western hunting, um, the advantages, the challenges. Um, it's going to be mainly for the do-it-yourself public land hunter. Uh, and it's going to also be around your health, your physical health, around your physical stamina, around your mental health and your mindset. As Ryan says, you always have to have a never quit mindset when it comes to something like backcountry travel and backcountry hunting. Um, and then you're also going to have me there. I'm going to talk a little bit about the things you guys and gals want to hear about. Um, longevity, inflammation, hormones. We're going to get into some of these things that are going to help you still be climbing those mountains at 80 because that's what we hear the most here at Stealthy Hunter and Hunt and Harvest Health is people want to be hunting or out in the backcountry hiking active and into their 80s. And as you know, most of us have an uphill challenge to make that happen and it starts now. It starts in your 20s, your 30s. Yes, your 40s and even your 50s you can do it, but taking care of yourself is really important if you want to continue to do um, this lifestyle that you love. The Western Hunting Summit is going to have some of the top speakers in public lands, in Western hunting, in mule deer, in elk um, hunting, as well as fitness, um, motivation, mindset, and, um, oh, I guess health. We're, we're just excited to put this uh, event on. You're not going to leave empty-handed if you show up. Um, we're going to have product giveaways. We're going to have program giveaways. We're going to have discounts. Uh, we're going to have swag. We're going to have a raffle. And there's going to, all of our partners are agreeing to throw in things. So from optics to shelters to, to packs to you name it. And again, we don't want you to leave empty-handed. Lastly, a few things. The podcast today you're going to listen to is Dave Brinker, and he's a good friend of ours, and he's an amazing singer and songwriter. He used to work for Sitka, and he's moved on um, to Oregon and is doing some other things with his life, and one of those is music. And so we've asked Dave to come and perform at our VIP event Friday night for the Adventure VIP group. Uh, so you'll get a private acoustic performance with Dave Brinker, who's going to be in this podcast today, which is awesome. And lastly... If you come, anybody who comes um, to either the four-day event or the two-day event, 
you will have the chance to win a hunt with Ryan, the healthy hunter, in 2020. I'm not going to give you all the details here, but this is something he has never done. And I'm kind of shocked that he's actually doing it because, as you know, um, it's been very difficult for him to be hunting along other side people. He's been a solo hunter for 30 years, um, with the exception of his cousin and his dad and maybe his uncle when he was younger. And so this is a big stretch for him, but his vision with this was mentorship. It's not a guided trip. It's not anything like that. Um, it's, it's going on a hunt with him. And probably the best part is that he's going to let you pick that hunt. I don't know all the details about draws and tags he was trying to tell me. And I was like, uh, but just know that's on the table. So if you come, your name will be on that list for a chance to win that. All right, we're going to dive into our intro and into this podcast with Dave Brinker. To find out more about Western Hunting Summit, go to westernhuntingsummit.com. All right, get registered. All right, let's do this. You started. (laughs) (laughs) I always start it. Oh, my gosh. Um, well, here we are, folks, again, and uh, yeah, we're fighting over who's actually going to introduce the intro here, but I guess it's me again. I lose. As you notice, I lose quite a bit when it comes to, I can't be quiet that long. Ryan can pretty much hold his mouth forever. Just sit there and stare at me. Yeah, if we just stare at each other long <laughs> enough, she'll chime right in and start the podcast intro. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's you lose like, every time. Yeah, at the Hunt Expo, I did a podcast with Gritty on, of course, you know, hormones and all kinds of stuff. And it's like, later I showed back up. People are like, what are you guys talking about for like hours? I was and I'm gone. like, I went over to the Exo booth and I was hanging with Steve Speck for two hours. And I, and, I came back and you're still well, talking. Well, you know why that is? Is because well, Gritty. Well, I know why it is because you two get together. Yeah. Both of you two are talkers. Yeah, and, and Gritty's batteries died and he had no batteries. Okay. So in the middle, we were scrambling around the Hunt Expo asking people if they had batteries or if they had a cord. <laughs> and luckily, our friend Rick from Killer, um, what are those things? Decoys and Heroes and Horses just happened to walk up. And introduced himself. Hey, hello. And I was like, hey, do you have a cord, by the way, that would plug into this thing? And he was like, I think I do. And I was like, oh, my gosh. So, Rick, you saved the day. And I think I owe you a cord because I don't think we ever returned it. Uh There were so many people at the Hunt Expo. But, yeah, that's why it took so long. But, yeah, there's certain people I can uh, just chat it up with. Um, Brian would be one of those folks. Yeah. But, um. So speaking of that Hunt Expo, this is another podcast from there where we actually, in the very same place where I sat with Gritty, we sat down with um, your friend and my new friend. I just met him when we did this podcast, um, Dave Brinker. Yep. And a little background on Dave Brinker. Do you have the background? I guess everybody probably knows the background. I can't even talk. The background on him. Background on Brinker. Um well, he had worked at Sitka for, gosh, 11 years, I think it was. Mm. 
and um, and he's just recently moved on to other things. So um, mm-hmm. a business back in Oregon. But yeah, he was one of the one of the first guys there at Sitka, and uh, and he kind of has followed that um, throughout their history here, I guess, um, here in Bozeman. So he moved away from Bozeman. We moved in, but. Mm. I uh, I got to hang with Brinker down on the Arizona coos hunt, and uh, him and I got to go out and hunt quite a bit, and that was really cool. And he's just a great guy, man. Just it's fun to hunt. It's fun to go out and talk with him. Um, he's got a ton of stories. He's traveled a lot, seen mm-hmm. a lot. Um, you get to hunt with him all day, go back, and then just hear him like sit and just play music, mm-hmm. like play the guitar, and and he's always working on his. His creative uh, side there with the music and um, just a great guy. So now I was really happy to sit down and introduce you two. And you guys pretty much stole the show as always. And Did talk, we? Talk, talk, talk. Yeah, it was great. I'm so just intrigued with musicians. we got to learn a lot about him. Yeah, I'm so not musically inclined. I mean, I love music, but my dad is a musician and my aunt was a musician. And um. I just was never a musician. I don't think I had the patience to learn the skill. And now that I'm older, well, I wish I had. Plus, I don't have a very good singing voice. So No, you don't. It's terrible. <laughs> but you, on the other hand, yeah, you, you could be a singer, but then you'd have to stand up on a stage and sing in front of people. <laughs> and that would be fun to watch because you might just actually pass out and fall over. And <laughs> well, I definitely would. <laughs> actually, you're getting better at it, but... Uh, I don't know, but you're a very good singer in the shower. I know <laughs> people aren't around. When, wait, when is the last time you heard me singing in the shower? Okay, not in the shower. I just meant that that was kind of like an innuendo that you sing like in the private. 18, I used to you sing, sing in, in your truck and you sing with the girls. And we see, remember when the Greatest Look, when Showman the came out. We were like belting out the Greatest Showman yeah, every it's night. Turned up loud enough. We're all good singers. No, but you sing. Like, you sing and you got good harmony. Uh, you have good harmony and you have good pitch. Really? Good yeah. harmony. So, a lot of people have crappy pitch. That would be me. And you can harmonize and you have a good soprano as well. So, you kind of have a range. Well, as soon as... See, this is what I think. Which... Like I said, if you keep the music turned up loud enough, y'all sound pretty good. But it's when you just turn it off really fast... And then you just keep going with it. Yeah. And then you realize you suck. Well, I will say that but, I never, I don't think I always sucked. So here's the deal. I was in choir in junior high and high school. I really liked choir. The thing with the choir though, is you kind of have a lot of people that you sing with. So you're not by yourself. And when I was in ninth grade or 10th grade, I don't even remember. It's a freaking long time ago. All I know is that I tried out. So they had like, the choir that was the special choir and you could try out for it. And I tried out for it. And my choir teacher who I really respected, what was his name? I must've not respected him that much. Cause I can't even remember his name now. He told me I should not sing. Mm. And he crushed me. <laughs> and after that, I literally had, I mean, I'm not a shy person. I don't have a problem public speaking and standing in front of people. But after that, I was I was so afraid to sing in front of people. It absolutely humiliated me. And if you're listening out there, Mr. Choir Teacher, I hope you're happy with yourself. But I I realize though now is that he was a choir teacher and he was 
having to be brutally honest about if people could actually sing. And yes. I knew that I couldn't sing, but I really girls, loved to the sing. The girls of I, and I have, have listened to you sing, and I'm sorry, babe, but I'm going to have to go with the choir teacher on that one. No, but when you're like 15 or 16 and you're in choir and you think, oh, I could be a singer, and then you get crushed and you just think, oh, man, you know. And then you grow up and you realize, yeah, you kind of do suck at singing. But so anyway, so I used da to sing. David Brinker did not get crushed by his choir teacher. He's a great singer. Well, no, because he's a good singer. Right. And he can play the guitar, mm -hmm. which is a skill as well. Again, that baffles me. Playing a guitar while singing. That's yeah. That's yeah. like <laughs> multi-talented. So um, yeah. So yeah, Brinker Brinker was a fun podcast and. Um, yeah, just get get to learn a little bit more about him and mm -hmm. and hear things that uh, that I hadn't learned yet. So it's good. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, you can always find this podcast at our website, huntharvesthealth.com. Just click on the podcast links. We've changed the website up a little bit. I decided I needed to do a little less work with some of that stuff. So we've made it more streamlined and easier. But um, you can find all the podcasts on there as well as iTunes and Stitcher and all the other places you can find it. I find it on places I didn't even know you could find it. There's all kinds of podcast apps now. And if you want, and you just love this podcast and you can't get enough of it, please leave an iTunes review because you know what? That helps us out, builds our numbers and uh, I don't know, gets people to listen to hunting shows and health shows. And <laughs> just leave a review. This podcast has, has veered away from hunting shows, actually. No, oh, I guess I have shows. to ask for something once in a while. Yeah, but hey, hunters need to learn more about Let me tell anyways. you, you guys leave good reviews. So good reviews are great. We'd appreciate it. All right. Enjoy this podcast. Hi, Amanda. <laughs> She has your coat? They pulled a prank on me last night. Oh. We were wearing the same Sitka shirt. It's like a flannel thing. And uh, I have a medium. Ooh. I had a medium and she had a small and they swapped them out. And I put I put the shirt on. I'm like, what in the hell is going on? I, I, I know I drank some beer last night, but I didn't think I got fat that fat. You got all swollen. And, and I'm like, Did you, can you guys look? Is this a medium? And they're like, yeah, no, it's a medium. And I'm like, what the f So I, I literally walked. I got all the way to my hotel room and I still didn't know. I took it off. I woke up this morning and then they told me. That. That's they awesome. They were all in on the prank. Oh, Aww. nice. Cool. Uh, well. All right. We are here at uh, Haunt Expo. And there's a lot of people staring at us because we're sitting in a really weird place. Well, and we're sitting next to we're just sitting next to the David hang bar. Brinker. You know, and David Brinker. Is it's like nice a, though because if you put these headphones on, they think you're really important. When they walk by, they're like, "That must be somebody really." Did you important. hear that one guy? Is that like a famous a famous person? guy? <laughs> <laughs> nope. Little do you know, just people like that like the hunt. That's right. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. The famous people are over there on the stage. Yeah, they're over there. They're signing autographs. And There's no autographs. They to be have well, like a security section. Like now I did hear a rumor through. that Ryan did sign an autograph the other day. He signed man. a few today, actually. He signed one yesterday, and I think ah. I've seen him sign three or four today. That's terrible. Ooh. Wow, it's uncomfortable. I don't really like it. <laughs> <laughs> but David, let's be honest. You sign a lot of autographs. No, I don't. I'm, I'm assuming. I don't. I really don't. Uh, I really don't. Yeah. yeah. Well. Yeah, speaking of famous people, though, you. you were just up on the big stage. 
putting on a show. So, I was, yeah. Uh, that's what famous people do. Jordan and Casey have always been really good to me and supportive of my music. Yeah. So, yeah. Stoked to play. I think that that's like a real famous person. Somebody who is actually creative doing something like, like singing. Singing to me. I mean, how cool would it be to be able to sing really good and be on stage I and know. like be I wish good I at could it? Too. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I remember when I was a kid and I used to like watch Celine, Celine Dion oh, or yeah. somebody and just like, how is that even possible that you can sing like that? And then people just get mesmer because music is like universal language. And it's like magical. So it is. Yeah. It's like anywhere you go in the world, mm. you can travel to any country and a lot of the times you'll hear like cultural music mm. in that cultural country, but there's something about American music. It's everywhere. And yeah. everybody knows this words to every mm. song. And, but music, just even like a drum beat. Yeah. It's like, it's like within every person. And so it's like a universal language. Like everybody understands music. Even if you don't understand music, like you feel music. It and brings people that, together. Yeah, it does. Yeah. And so I always thought that like, that's like an ultimate artistry is to be able to do that because of that universal mm -hmm. language. It like brings people really together. Yeah. Telling stories. And I never had that talent. <laughs> yeah. I, to be honest, I didn't either. And I don't, I still don't even consider myself talented. I just worked. I worked really hard at it because I really wanted to. My main thing was I just wanted to, I wanted to write songs. Like I've always been obsessed with people that can like in three minutes and 30 seconds come up with somebody come come up with something that's never been written before like right. a melody that's memorable lyrics that haven't been written in that way before all like uh, around a hook that hasn't been thought of before or at least in that fashion i've always thought that was really cool like it's and in the beginning i didn't realize how hard it was i'm like i, I want to write a song that can't be that hard it's only three minutes shoot yeah. people write books they're like you know a thousand pages long and then i realized it was really hard but so I really never even cared too much about the singing part of it or even the guitar playing part of it. But then I, I got a minor in music in college and I realized that actually music is, is like the, the science of music is so fascinating. Mm. And once I got into music theory and stuff and really geeking out on it, I realized how mathematical it was and how like it just goes forever. Like I probably only went like just a little ways in the end of the rabbit hole in two years because you start getting into jazz and stuff and, Man, and then you look back on people like Mozart, and you're like, "Holy moly, that that guy was talented." I'm yeah. just, I'm just kind of riding the wave that people yeah. like that created. And I wanted to write songs because pe because music brings people together. And my main passion in life is hunting. I I wanted to use my like my songwriting ability and my music to bring people together, ultimately around protecting what we love to do. That mm -hmm. was that's still my ultimate goal, and I'm still trying to figure out how to do that. Right. But like think. Uh, places like this where there's you know a couple hundred people that may not necessarily all agree politically or whatever they're all different people but they can stand in front of you and agree on music and hunting mm -hmm. so those and those are two things that i love to do yeah and you know I, I love how you've worked it into like very subtly some of your um you know you, you obviously have a love for hunting and a passion for it and you, I just get little bits and pieces when I listen to your music, yeah. whether it's a little snippet of like elk meat in the freezer. Yeah, yeah. I was just telling you before we started this that, uh, man, I am like 
so so enamored with your your album right now like oh, i've been playing it for my daughter we go to school in the morning i, I take that long drive from so, three forks to bozeman no this is usually how it starts is this is his way of getting us all up in the morning <laughs> it's a nice way to he get up. He turns on the speaker at 6 a.m. <laughs> and it starts with Country Road. It's some kind of uh, Dave Brinker song, or maybe there's, you know, the other morning it was like, uh, what's the new Gaga movie and what's his face? Oh, Bradley Cooper. Bradley Cooper. Yeah. You know, like he plays a song, but lately it's been all Dave Brinker. And he turns it on at 6. It's like the alarm. He's like in the kitchen, get up. And he puts it on. And we're all like, oh. <laughs> What's going on? But he loves it. He listens to it. Well, yeah. I'm glad people like listening to it still. I, I, um, my kids played it so much that I got, I had to take a little break from it. Oh, <laughs> and see, I'm probably doing that to yeah. my kids because now Paley's like, oh, again, we've already heard this song. <laughs> but some of your songs are so relatable with my yeah. kids and where we're at. Um, you know, just yeah. you know, taking the making the decision to go where we went from you know Washington to Montana. Um, yeah, some of your music is just like. Yeah, that's exactly. Well, that's because I what that's what I wrote it about. That's yeah, exactly what I do with my family. What you guys exactly are doing, it. you know, yep. raising your kids out there. Yep, and uh, yep, yeah, uh, love it. It's it it's uh it's pretty cool to you mentioned like bringing hunting into it a little bit. You know, I never wanted to be one of those musicians that um, wrote cheesy hunting songs. Mm -hmm. No offense to any hunting songs, <laughs> but there's a real fine line. It can get cheesy really fast, and sure. I have written songs like that that'll never see the light of day. <laughs> but I I try to subtly be honest, you know, to where people can be like, "Oh, he's a he's a hunter or whatever," and I I, I can relate to that. But funny story: when I was in Nashville recording, the guy that was my uh, that was my engineer slash kind of co producer, he produces he's produced people like Marin Morris and all these famous people, so he's like legit. Uh, guy in the industry and he's really good he didn't know me from adam it was a transaction to him and uh that elk meat song or the elk meat lyric that you, that you mentioned yeah that's in raisin wild and uh that's I, my favorite song yeah. is raisin wild that's what brings me back to my kids yeah yeah we were we were because uh, you you basically go into the studio and you record the full band stuff and then like a couple days later you go back and you do the vocals over it and so he hadn't really heard the, the, the lyrics. He, we just did all the music the one day. And then so we're in there recording the vocals. And I sang that elk meat lyric. And you have headphones just like this on. And he's listening to everything you're doing. And the music stops. He stops. He's like, hey, hey whoa, 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 what did you just say? And I said, elk meat. And he goes, what? I'm like, elk meat. <laughs> he's like, is anybody in the world going to know what the hell you're talking about? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, my people will, yeah, you know? Yeah. Exactly. And he, the rest of the rest of the day, he was giving me shit for that. Yeah. And, uh, that night we were out and I met some other hot shot that I didn't know. And, uh, we were all joking about the elk meat lyric. And this guy looks at me and he goes, what's the lyric? And I said, Oh, it's elk meat. And he goes, Oh, that's very Montana of you. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, you know, it is. Yeah. Wow. And, uh, so anyways, just try to be real, you know. If people like it, great. If not, whatever. You don't start playing music and expect everybody to like it. For sure. No, <laughs> you're not going to get everybody to like no, it. No. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you're really putting yourself out there. It's a big transition from going from working yeah. to deciding to be a, a musician as a living, right? And you're really having to put yourself out there. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and that's hard and, to do. Yeah, that's hard to do. I mean, so my question... I'm I'm not real familiar with your your history. So when did you start actually like 
singing, the singing aspect of your music. Uh, I, I started I started playing guitar when I was nineteen. Nineteen, okay. I was a I was a golf pro actually. Um, what I, I was wow. I was naturally pretty good at golf. My dad owned a golf course growing up, and but my golf game always fell apart come August because of hunting season, and that's like when you sh- that's when all the biggest tournaments were. Like all the national tournaments happened like August September. No, you can't but, be a golfer. No, so <laughs> but I tried being a pro after high school and i did it for a while and it was it was fun you know but hunting season always took priority and then i don't know kind of when i went to college start doing i didn't start college until i was like 21 or 22 i started oh, realizing oh, oh. how how i didn't want to make I this way. <laughs> I sorry guys we're brian called good the gritty bowman it's <laughs> about to podcast. gorge's yeah. brother was um, it's about to get you gored there. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I realized I didn't want to do that for a living. It's just not for me. I wasn't, mm-hmm. I was always pretty good at it, but I was never like as passionate as I was about bow hunting, for mm-hmm. instance. So, um, about the same time, uh, I met a guy named Jason Harrison on a, we used to do this wild pig hunt in California every year. And, uh, on this wild pig hunt, this guy, Jason, uh, was starting this company called Sitka. And, that was all right around the same time as I'd started writing my own songs and doing all the things. So kind of, for those who don't know, I, moved, I worked at Sitka Gear for 11 years, um, ending last year in June. Kind of the songwriting and Sitka all kind of happened at the same time to where I, I realized hunting and music, ob- obviously there's family in that, but like in terms of hobbies that I wanted to pursue and make a living out of, that's what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. So... Um, that's kind of where it all started. And they kind of, it's funny if, if you look at country musicians out there, like on the radio, like guys like, um, Luke Bryan and Jason Aldean and all these, most of the guy, well, I should, I don't know if all of them, but most of them are hunters on the radio. A lot of them are like, you'll see them and they'll, they'll be at the hunting shows. So there's a lot of people in country music that cross over into the hunting space, but there's not very many pe- Actually, there was no one at the time that I knew of that crossed over from the hunting space into country music. Right. right. So it was a, it was always a natural thing. It just didn't really exist as far as I knew. So I wanted to create it. I was always wired by my my dad and my mom that you should create your own life and not rely on others. And mm-hmm. if you see something you want to do, you just do it. You don't really think about it a lot. You just do it. So <laughs> that's kind of where it all started. And then I, anyways, I, I started going to any songwriting uh, competition I could find, uh, getting in songwriter nights and getting as many critiques as I could get, having people tear me apart um and just go start proactively going to nashville meeting people learning how to write because writing being a musician and being a songwriter they can be uh they're two things it's like two totally separate things (laughs) absolutely you know there's a lot of musicians that don't know how to play music other than just reading music Mm -hmm. i mean that's what they do they read music i don't know how to read music i spent my time i know music theory enough to where i can look at the music and i can know what it says but I spent my time trying to learn how to make, tell stories through songs. Gotcha. Because at Sitka, I was in marketing and that's what I did. I told stories, you know? <laughs> yeah. I feel like, uh, you know, having the, having the guts to go up on stage and actually put yourself out there like you do. And like, I just can't imagine doing that. Like, well, you were just that, up on the stage. Oh yeah. That was just talking elk hunting. <laughs> 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 Ryan has, um, 
Ryan has but done a lot of things Ryan said he would never do. How many shades of red did I turn, though, when years. I was up on stage? You weren't too bad. And I tried to, like, get in between a couple of really stud hunters that kind of took the... Uh, <laughs> Took the eyeballs away from me. Yeah, I, he's very <laughs> humble, as you know. It's part of his persona, but it's not really his persona. So he is. He's just he doesn't like attention. He never has, which is why he never even had a social media account till like two and a half years ago. He really had no interest in anybody knowing who he was. Um, he was back at the class. I literally went to his ten year high school reunion with. So he was married. He's married. Uh, he married to me, but his cousin was Joey and Joey's wife went to high school with him. So Joey and Ryan were in Alaska working. We'd been married. I don't, I don't know, seven years or something. Probably about that. Maybe six years. And she said, Oh, I, I've got my 10 year high school. Reunion. You want to come with me? And I was like, sure. I was like, sure, let's go. Well, the guys didn't go cause they were in Alaska and we went to this reunion and people were like, what's your name? Ryan Lampers. <laughs> You're married to Ryan Lampers, the kid that, <laughs> that quiet sat kid that... in the back of the class, like never talked. Like I never actually knew him, but I saw him and I was like, yeah, that's me. And they're like, huh? What? <laughs> and that's when I realized like he just, you know, he's flown under the radar his whole life, um, which is, you know, he was most of the time on the river. Or he was out in the mountains, and that was where he wanted to be. Or in Alaska, he was like one of the most sought-after guides in Alaska. People wanted him to be their guide because really just, you know, humble, hard worker, and he knew where the animals were. He knew where the fish were. And, like, he he has pheromones, if you haven't already noticed. Animals <laughs> just run towards him to their death. Jeez. Fish do the That's same ridiculous. thing. Steelhead <laughs> and salmon, they just like, what? He's here. Yeah, Go Ryan's that here. direction. Well, you know, what's and ironically, so I did experience that, that Didn't just you? about a month ago. Yeah. You know, I, I, yeah. I was on my third coos deer hunt. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan shows up. He's like, coos deer? <laughs> Can't be that hard. <laughs> what, are there any Boone and Crockett coos deer in this canyon? I'll find one. <laughs> Public land. No, uh, actually, for those who don't know, yeah, David, uh, I got a, I got the luxury of spending some time with David Brinker (laughs) and Brian Call down in Arizona on a, a really fun coos deer hunt. Slash Kawadamundi hunt. Slash, yeah, (laughs) Kawadis. Yes, turned into a Kawadi hunt. I have a classic video of you chasing a Kawadamundi. Was I running? Yes, gun in hand. Yes, you were. Oh, great. Uh, And uh, God, I've never seen. It was actually funny. Here we are. Hunting one of the hardest species to hunt with a bow. But these guys were so obsessed with Quadamundis. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't know. I like I'd like to see one, but I don't really care. Yeah. They're like, there's a quadamundi. All right. Here's what we're gonna do. <laughs> like, we make this stock and there's the tails going through the grass. Yeah, serious. Really we spent fast. like what, like an hour and a half on that thing? Yeah. Couldn't get a shot at it with a gun. At least because I you spotted a buck and yeah. then I you know, I was like, Great, go you guys go to your thing. I'm gonna park it up on top of this ridge and keep looking for this Kawada Monday. Well, he says my daughter would absolutely love to have this yes. hide at the yeah. house. Yeah, she would she would love to see a kawadi pelt. So yeah. I really wanted to try one. I, I'd heard they're really good eating. They are good eating. So. Yeah. Uh, well, we failed in that endeavor. <laughs> yes, we did. We failed. But, <laughs> but overall, he's, fun he's place. humble and he's always been like that. So, But he's done. 
a lot of things like I never he's done public speaking which before if he had to do public speaking I think he would fake the flu and start vomiting and not come out of the house so what, what? and he is like he, now he's speaking in front of people and he's really good at it and I think it's because he's just he just you know he's level-headed about it and he doesn't get like and I'm I get more excited about it than he does like last night at the gritty movie night like first time I've seen him on the big screen like with his name Ryan Lampers up on the TV now to most people it's like no big deal I was like because to me like I said like a couple years ago had he not agreed to do an Instagram you know thing or whatever like nobody would know and he'd be totally fine with that but all the work we've put into this over the last couple years and all the stress and all the time and and all the cool people we've met and all the relationships we've made and all these things is like, it just culminates to see that, that someone else respects what he does. Like it's not just me or his buddies looking at his pictures or cause he's usually by himself. Like right. he, his experiences are like his experiences. Yeah. Nobody is usually there filming it ever. Yeah. If I had film of like the last 30 years of what he's done, like, you know, it would be incredible, but it's just, for me, it was like, wow, this is so cool. And he's sitting over there. It was dark. So I was like, how many shades of red are you right now? You know, he's like, so like, oh my gosh, I can't believe they're putting this up there. Well, and I, I just feel I didn't like know it's. what was getting shown. I had no idea. I oh, just, you hadn't seen I it? No, seen it at he hadn't all. seen mm-hmm. it. So I just think like his humbleness is, is part of just who he is. And he's a very good singer. Oh, so geez. the next stage is he's gonna you're gonna teach him to sing. <laughs> now that I know that, oh, he man. is so good. I'm not doing karaoke with you, David. <laughs> Do you remember that song? Campfire um, singing. <laughs> remember the song? Well, we had just started dating when that song "Strawberry Wine." Yeah, Deanna Carter. Yeah, he can sing that song in a soprano like nobody's really? business. Maybe when we first met, but I don't think I could do that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, we'll do a campfire. Uh, my voice is deepened. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's like a really good singer. But anyways, I just say like his humbleness is sometimes it bothers me because I'm like, don't put yourself down. Like you're, you well, shouldn't do that. Right. Like I have like, a legitimate, like I, I get scared to death. He has social phobia. Yeah. It, it, such a big fear of it. I just feel like I start like getting hot and like all the blood goes to my head and it's like throbbing. And it's just, I don't know. I don't know why I have that, such that great fear. But, you know, he'll kind of threw me into the fire with what we've been doing the last couple of years. And honestly, you know, yeah, the public speaking, it still scares me to death. And I, if I never had to do it, I would never want to do it. What do you think of, what do you think but, about it? Is it, what, what is it, what scares you? Like deep down, like what's the fear? Probably me, me saying, saying something, something really stupid or yeah. just making a fool of myself. And, it, but in saying that, the embarrassment that I get, it, you know, like she said, all the cool people that we're meeting now. I mean, I'm getting to sit here and hang out with you. I'm getting to sit here and hang out with all these good people here. Um, meeting people daily, it seems like, now that we're involved in this yeah. community. I would have never got any of this if I would have stayed in my shell. And so it's not just for me, but I mean, you know, I get to bring my wife here and, you know, people reach out to us now and they, they tell us they love what we're, we're doing and what, you know, Hill's talking about. And it's great. And our life would be completely different if yeah. I wouldn't have stepped out of my shell. And, you know, I don't know if you're the type of guy that was ever had that fear. Of I'm being an introvert. You're an introvert. Oh, yeah. 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 No, like I, 
my wife asked me this this question the other day because she was reading something and she's like, because she's energized by being around people. It absolutely drains me. I, I have to go stare at a wall for like, I'll have to go home for two or three days. It'll take me to recover from this show. Yeah. And it's not because I don't like people. It's just, it just drains me. For sure. Um, so, I, no, I was always quiet. I was the quietest kid in my class, probably. I was definitely the quietest kid in my family. And to be honest, singing does scare the living daylights out of me. Still, to this day. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But I've I've figured out ways to do it where I, if I start thinking about it, you would be able to hear it in my voice. Like, I read things a long time ago that helped me. And as I started playing things, uh, like songwriting nights and stuff, just I learned different tricks from people. Like, for example... I never look in anybody's eyes. I always look above their heads. So mm-hmm. it looks like I'm looking at them, but I'm not looking at them. I'm looking above their heads because if I look in their eyes, I'll start, like I'll remember people are actually listening to me. <laughs> and it, it actually, I am scared of that. And also the weird thing is, is that I'm, I'm much more nervous to play for five friends than I am to play for a thousand people. I would mm-hmm. much rather go into a stadium. I've never done this, but like if there was 30,000 people in a stadium, I'd much rather do that then play for like 10 really close, play a new song that I just wrote for 10 close friends mm. because there's almost like a separation you can have. Yeah. Like I don't have to go talk to most of those people afterwards. So I don't get to hear what they think. Right. Yeah. But if I play for five friends and, and they're close friends, they're going to tell me, they're going to tell I'm you. scared yeah. crapless of it. Like, cause they're going to be like, dude, bro, that song sucked, yeah. you know, or whatever. So Dang. no, I'm, I'm not, I don't think we're that much different. Well, even this, but there folks, there's a bar right here that you can hang on in, uh, for loophole and they're at, you know, you got to see how long you can hang on it. And it's really hard. I got so nervous to do that yesterday. My <laughs> hands were sweating. So you didn't grip it for very long? Well, no, I didn't. <laughs> I sucked at it. But I was so nervous. I'm like, I'm, I, I, and I actually consciously thought, I'm like, why am I so nervous to do? I'm like singing, but oh, yeah, I can't. There's like a hundred people sitting around yeah, watching and like, you what if I suck and at it? Yeah. And shake and then fall yeah. off the bar. I've seen people just fall flat on their back off this bar. But what helped me a lot was uh, working at Sitka. You have, to, you have to give presentations a lot to people. And someone told me a tip one time that really helped me. And I think this actually would apply to you if you think about it. Is always remember, like especially in your case, when you're talking about mule deer hunting or elk hunting, that you are probably more knowledgeable than 90% of the people that are listening to you. So the chances of you saying something stupid, that might be stupid to you, but to the most people, they're never going to, it's going to fly right over them. So... If you know your subject matter inside and out, like you do, that's when you be then that's when you can kind of get in the zen and be like, you know what, I know this really well, <laughs> and I'm gonna be great. You start trying to speak about things you don't know well. That's when I, I I'm freaked out about that. I won't do that. Yeah, yeah. Is it is it different? You think that? Uh, I mean, I imagine not a musician, but you're playing the guitar. You're totally focused on mm-hmm. the music part. I hate singing without a guitar. Yeah. I like tonight. I'm singing with the Swan Brothers. And I'm already a little nervous about it because I, I don't know. I, I don't like do I, I do with my hands. Yeah. So I'm probably going to have them give me a guitar. <laughs> well, yeah, it's like even in the studio, Zach's like because it, it's hard for me to, to record and just sing into a mic. Like I'm like, what do I do? He's like, you know what? I'll just give you a guitar with no strings on it and you can just pretend like you're strumming it. It'll make you feel better. You almost can like hide behind it. It's right. like a you can just get in your little zone. And, no, I get that. Yeah. So sure. I don't know, man. You, you know material so well. I think that's probably... And honestly, in this industry, it's so refreshing to, to meet guys like you. Because there's a lot of the opposite in this industry in terms of people that maybe think they're they're not humble at all. How about that? Mm-hmm. And 
Um, it's so obvious and it's kind of obnoxious. This kid's going to hang a long time. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. He is cute. Holy cow. Where's the camera? (laughs) Oh yeah. Look at him. He's just looking around like, what are y'all staring at? I'm just hanging here. So I got a question for you. Yeah. Cause I'm, I'm fascinated by health stuff. (laughs) <laughs> and okay. you know a lot of health stuff again that uh question of like i don't want to say anything stupid i'm always because in the health world it's such a crazy place of like research and things and there's actually many different answers to the same questions sometimes depending on who you're talking to so i always i luckily edit podcasts because i cut a lot of stuff out that i say you guys should start doing it live i don't know oh, dude i try to do live with him he turns purple and gets mad like it's you know people are in sitting in our I try living room hide from it i duck i run but i've never seen hill like get flustered or different shades of red or embarrassed she's really good at like getting in front of people and i think she she's she's kind of oh, I, yeah that doesn't i don't have social anxiety at all do you like As, do you get energized by being around people yeah what I specifically sit, do you do <laughs> that's a good question i think no everybody way. probably wonders sit what that. back david this could take a while <laughs> i i'm very curious <laughs> well i'm um so i'm a, a naturopathic physician so i am trained as a primary care provider so basically i have patients come see me and talk to me about their issues on all different levels. And we try to figure out how to improve their health. Is there, do you go to school to be a naturopath? I'm assuming you have to go to medical school, medical school. Yes. So ask Ryan about that. We spent 10 years of our marriage in school. That's stressful. That's so hard. It was a blast. And we're, we are so um, fortunate. We're still married. I didn't realize how hard, We'd moved before, but we'd never moved with, you know, our kids are older now. Just as you get older, it, it gets harder to do things like that. Yeah. And we left Bozeman, actually, ironically, right when you guys are entering yeah. Bozeman. Yeah. Obviously, you're from there, which is very rare to meet somebody I'm, from Bozeman. I mean, some guy that I went to Norris Hot Springs with my kids yeah. a month ago, and the guy's like, Whoa, you're like a unicorn. I think I know originally from I think I know three or four and I lived there for seven and a half years, you know. Yeah. Uh, but well, and a big part of why she left was because it was so small yeah. back in the day and everybody knew each other's There's business. There's nothing right? going on, yeah. Yeah, it's it's blowing up for sure. But when we left there in June, it's it's hard, you know, as you get older and you have family and all these commitments and stuff, making a change like that, like you guys did and like what we did. It takes months to recover from that, even yeah. if, if it's the right thing to do. Um, it just, especially when you live in a house for 10 years, you have a lot of stuff in there. Oh my gosh. We live in a house 21 <laughs> Tell years. Tell me about it. <laughs> yeah. So what was your moving process? I mean, how did you get God, everything back to order? You know what I did? What, my, I don't like clutter. My wife doesn't like dirt or like filth. I can, pro- I can let some stuff slide, but I hate clutter. So we're a little bit different. But I told her when we moved back to Oregon, I want to reduce our stuff by like, I'd honestly, I'd like to do like 50%. But like I said, 25%. Let's, let's sell like a bunch of stuff. And then whatever's left over, we can only bring, I want to have half of what's in this house in our next house. And then whatever's left over, we can put in a storage unit. I don't want it. And so I got a storage unit in Oregon and uh, we put, it's full. And honestly, I don't even know what the hell's in there. Yeah, like I, if we lost everything in our storage unit right now, I wouldn't know what's in there. But it's so nice. So we, we, I guess to answer your question, we simplified. Simplified. We simplified yeah. a lot. We got rid of a lot of stuff. 
And we just wanted to decomplicate our life a little bit, you know? It gets so, you get so much stuff, especially with kids. We were talking about this yesterday. Ugh. We have so many damn toys. And the Legos, oh. you got to swim through Legos to put my boys to bed. Bags I got like and bags of plastic. Yeah, toys. and like Legos oh sticking in my foot. <laughs> gosh. My no. daughter's actually really good. She keeps her room very clean, but my boys are disasters. Yeah, you don't really realize how much stuff you don't need. Like, absolutely no. just don't. You haven't looked at it for five years, ten years, whatever, until yeah. you start, until you move. Yeah. Like, I mean, we got boxes in our garage, and the first step for us is we had to put it all into storage. So you kind of, like, pick through that stuff. And like, yeah, oh, we did man. a lot of There's a lot of memorabilia stuff yeah. here, like old chairs, things you kind of want to keep. Then you have to move it from the storage all the way to Montana. Like, man, we really need to purge. Some and of this I'm stuff. still purging. You yeah. know, we we brought all this stuff over, and uh, I've gone through the girls' rooms. We've purged bags of clothes. Like the garage, I'm pretty sure right now we could go out in the garage right now and purge yeah. a bunch of stuff that's in the garage that's still in boxes. But you're right, a and, lot of clothes and a lot of toys, a lot of toys. Yeah, and yeah. a lot of hunting stuff. And we're not having any oh, more kids. So. Have, and a lot of hunting. Gear. I have a lot of hunting gear, too. Yeah, and that's yeah. hard, too, because I have, yeah, clothing special. I, I worked for a clothing company for 11 right, years, so right. I have a lot of clothes. But, you know, I I didn't get rid of much much of that stuff. No. <laughs> you keep it. You keep that the stuff. The important yeah. thing. Yeah. Especially the really nice clothes like Sitka. <laughs> yeah you can't you're not getting rid of it no actually I, I give it you know i give a lot of it away to my friends and stuff but yeah you know it, it lasts forever so there's no reason to get rid of it yeah absolutely <laughs> yeah. so you yeah you so you just made a recent big transition um no when did you leave june that was june yeah and then you moved over so yeah that's, yeah that's a big move on your part yeah man it's a lot of change a lot of very quickly right know? um but it's been a very positive change for us. Yeah, yeah. So, what are you doing? Uh, what are you doing now? Is it drastically different than what you did at Sitka? Um, it's not. I wouldn't say it's drastically different. I guess I'm self-employed now. But what I actually do is fairly similar. So, I'm in, I'm in the real estate business. I I'm uh, selling ranches and timberland in gotcha. Oregon. Gotcha. And I'm also going to get licensed in Montana. Hmm. Um, I'll be focusing mostly on hunting ranches. Hmm. So really what I'm doing, I'm marketing them. Like, so I'm a marketing guy. I was marketing with Sitka forever. So I'm, I'm creating content, videos and pictures. And I'm just, I'm just showing how awesome these places are. Right. So it's right, right. actually not that much different. So you, uh, you got to do a lot of traveling. You got to hunt. I, I remember our, we had some great conversations down yeah. there in Arizona. Yeah. Hearing about a lot of your hunts. It's pretty yeah, cool. Yeah. I've got, I've been really very fortunate. You know, when you, you work for you this industry is interesting you know from the outside looking in you may think there's people that make a lot of money but there's not very many people that make a lot of you you get in this industry because you like it and you like being around the people but yeah you uh get to go on some cool stuff sometimes yeah 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 and you've been on a lot of oh the right word is exotic but uh aspirational you've seen a lot of really 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 cool places the coolest place i think so far that i've seen was new zealand yeah that was, that was, like obviously the North Country, like uh, Yukon and the and uh, British Columbia. Are, I love it up there. It's beautiful, but New Zealand legitimately gave me ch- chills and like took my breath away when we landed in the helicopter up there. We flew from sea level to 
I don't even know how. It must have been four or 5,000 feet or something. I'm not, I'm not exactly sure. I could be wrong. But just immediately, it only takes 15 minutes to fly up there because the mountains just go straight They just up. shoot straight up in the air. And you feel like you're in Lord of the Rings. <laughs> um, those mountains were – Adam Foss and I both got out, got out of the helicopter and we're like, oh, my God. This is just – you're just speechless. <laughs> um, but there's, there's moments like that where I'm like, I don't know how I got here or what I did. But I got – I mean, she – like being all transparency, I got a 1.73 in high school. <laughs> I, I missed 40 uh, some days one year because my dad always took me hunting and fishing and stuff. There you go. I just didn't take it very seriously, you know? Yeah. So the fact that I was lucky enough to work for such a great company at Sitka and do the things that I did, is, mm-hmm. I still don't completely understand it, you know? Mm-hmm. And I don't think, I don't even necessarily maybe think I even deserved it, but I just, I did. Yeah. And I did it and I got to do some cool things. So, yeah. And that's what's cool about, you know, us hunters and what we love to do, it, it does take you to some pretty spectacular places. I mean, I, I had a good conversation with you about that New Zealand trip. Um, you told me a lot of things. And right now, uh, me and a couple of buddies are setting that trip up for ourselves because we want to we wanna go see that country. I mean, everything you hear about it is unbelievable. It's like, it's like the ultimate adventure. It is. And, it is. Uh, you know, that's, that will be my when you know, are you gonna biggest go? experience. We're actually looking at the second two weeks in May. This year? This year. Yes. Uh-huh. So we've been, t- this show is great because you get to talk to some people. And I met an Australian, uh, Pat, over here. He, he's hunting New Zealand, the South Island, uh-huh. uh, East Coast of uh-huh. the South Island. Uh-huh. He was giving me all kinds of information and um there's just a community here that Are you guys going to go east or west? free with information. We're going to go east. Just because that latter part of May yeah, it'll be because gnarly. of the weather. Yeah. So uh, we originally we were we were looking into June, which is I know can be pretty dicey weather-wise. And I think we've kind of settled on if we really want to get to the ultimate places, we kind of need to do the chopper thing. Yeah. Um, so um, just hiking from the bottoms might not be the best. I know on our time. trip it would have burnt days. Yeah, yeah, it just, just, sucks it just would, days. and it takes fifteen minutes to fly up there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but we hunted the West Coast. I did not hunt the East Coast. Okay, yeah, and I hear the West Coast is obviously a lot more rugged. Yeah, um, but yeah, there were times I hate heights. I'm not good with heights. I'm an elk hunter. You yeah, know, I and I like mule deer too. Yeah, but I was there was a couple times where I was like. This is a little past my tolerance level. Like I, it was sketchy, <laughs> yeah. and I was there in uh, April. We had great weather. Okay, it was beautiful. I mean, we got fogged in and rained out a couple times, but for the most part, it was beautiful. But see, we camped in the bottom. Our our our, uh, our guide Zion said he wanted to take us on the hunt. He'd always want to take his clients on, but it's a little harder than most of his clients want. He'll fly most of his clients to the top of the mountain, and basically, you camp right where you land. Mm-hmm. He's like, I want to camp with you guys in the bottom of the basin and we'll have to hike up every day, like two or 3,000 feet. And I'm like, yeah, because we need to do it hard, I guess. Why can't we just fly? <laughs> no, but it was great. But yeah, we were having to climb up there every day and it was gnarly, man. I mean, there was a couple spots. I mean, yeah, you would you would die if you, yeah. if you slipped at all. Yeah, I've um, heard crampons are kind of a, just like a necessity. If, it, if there would have been snow, the snow where I was hunting, yeah. I don't honestly know that I would have done it. It would have been, (laughs) I mean, I know Zion does it and he loves it. He wanted us to come in June and hunt that same country. And I'm just like, man, I just don't know. I mean, I got kids now and I, 
I, I, I like life a little bit too much to slip off one of those mountains. So true, man. I, I think about that stuff more and more, and that's that's one of the Which reasons you should. I, I want to do the East Coast. <laughs> East Coast looks South a Island lot more mellow than yeah. the West Coast. And actually, Rachel and I are going, my wife and I are going next year, next uh, next April, and we're going yeah. to the East Coast. Yeah. Nice. I would love to go. I've, you know, seeing the films and just seeing the train and everything, it's like... I would love to go and experience that. It's a place perfect too. family vacation. Well, I tell you what, yeah. so I, I mentioned this this guy I met the other day. Um, some of these people are so giving with their information and they're also giving with their time because this guy I mentioned that to you, Hill, is uh he's like, Hey, I I I am living I live in Australia, I hunt a lot, and he's a very accomplished guy and he was showing me all these photos of not just animals, but the mountains and the, the places that he's actually hunting. And, and you can just tell he's got a passion for it. He loves it. Um, he's like, man, he, I'd love it if you guys would come over to Australia, bring your wife. You know, I don't know if she's into hunting, but, you know, they could go, they could go hang on the beaches with his wife and do that kind of thing. And you know, I just met this guy. Oh, he's yeah. offering up, like, come on over and we'll, we'll go traipse around on the mountains and our wives can get together and people in this whatever. industry love sharing it with people. They do. You know, I find myself inviting people to come out. You know, you're a Roosevelt hunter. Everybody wants to hunt Roosevelt's. And now that I'm back in Oregon, I, you know, people will be like, what do you got planned this year? You know, I'd sure love to come out and <laughs> I would, I wish I had time to take everybody, but I have a couple more friends coming out this year and probably yeah. a couple more next year. But that's part of the, I love sharing experiences. I'm kind of getting to the point now where, shoot, I almost got just as much. Uh, I had so, just as much fun watching you and Brian succeed in Arizona and, and me fail over and over. <laughs> uh, I love that. I don't necessarily need to be successful all the time, you know? So yeah. I, I, I love showing people things that are amazing. So, yeah, I could tell. I mean, you, man, you had a, you had a fun time. I mean, you had a blast and you didn't get one, but no. that didn't make it. It didn't really bother me that much. Right. I mean, right. it rubbed a little salt in the wound oh, when I was so close when on I, that last day. Though. <laughs> last so 10 close. minutes of the hunt, I God. shot under one, but yeah, it was so close. Yeah. But, there's always next year. That's right. No, I'm looking forward to that one again. Oh, Hopefully, yeah. That's uh, going to be a way to team up and hunt again. The one thing you need to do, and I told you this in Arizona, and you should go with them, obviously, too. It's perfect. Is Axis Deer in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. Oh, I would yes, love to go there. Yeah. That's the, that's the next one on the bucket list as well. Trying to figure out that hunt. And I was actually supposed to do that hunt a while back, and it just didn't happen. But, uh, but no, that's that's one that's on the on the radar. And, again... He would love to go that, you know, go hang out on the beach while I go traipse around on the mountains. So big plans. What do you have coming up? Anything? I'm going to Hawaii in a couple of months, which I'm excited about. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm taking my dad. I'm going to fully pick your brain when you get back from that trip. You we'll need to. Yep. We already talked <laughs> about that. Yeah, no, I'm taking my dad. So I went and did it. I've hunted in Hawaii before, but not for Axis deer. And last year I went to Lanai and did it, which was incredible. Yeah. And my dad, ever since I got back, he's like, I would love to do that. Because we've, we've been going to Hawaii, fortunately, my whole life. We, like, it's a special place. I love that place. And my dad loves it, too. So any excuse to go over there, he would want. But also, it's, it's almost like hunting. I told you this. Axis deer are almost like mule deer. It's like hunting mule deer, but there's way more of them. And you don't need a tag. Way more opportunities. Yeah, way more just, stocks. You get years of experience stocking in, in three days. Yeah. Um, so my dad... For Christmas, my, my my younger brother and my older brother and I bought my dad a trip over there. We're going to do a father-son trip. I'm going to spend... I haven't bought my return ticket yet. Um, I may stay a little while longer and keep hunting. I Good don't know. call. <laughs> <laughs> and then, 
you know, I'm going to hunt or, all the Oregon stuff. Um, Rose, I got people come out for Roosevelt. And then I'm going to be doing Montana. And then Arizona. I'm, I'm actually not putting in for any tags here. I didn't put in for any of the raffles. I just, I'm kind of focused on building a new business and uh, getting the family settled in and not being too crazy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's kind of. But, you know, elk, elk and elk and deer are kind of what I like to do anyway. For so sure. Blacktails yeah. and coos deer and mule deer, whatever. I don't care. You just went from uh, a Rocky Mountain elk hunter back to what you used to do, and that's a Roosevelt elk hunter. Yep, so. but I will buy a Montana license and tag every year that I can, Yeah, and I'll be back there. I think I'm actually making three trips there this year. I'm doing an early elk hunt, a later elk hunt, and then a November rut mule deer Oh wow! Rifle yeah. deal. Nice. Yep. So we'll see. I don't know. My wife, she'll probably be listening to this going, what? You haven't told me any of this. Really? Yeah, I get that a lot. <laughs> That's another part of that um, quiet, humble nature. You just don't share information. <laughs> but the thing is, well, we feel like we do. If Ryan's anything like me, is like, every time my wife will tell me that, I'll be like, I swear I told you about this. But it'll be like, hey, I'm going to Montana in September. And but she's like, yeah, but you didn't put it on the calendar and talk me through it. When are you leaving? When are you coming back? <laughs> I need to meet your wife. Yeah, I know. And we need to have like a session where yeah. we teach you guys the whiteboard, the calendar, write it down. She's like, it's so not on know. the calendar. I'm like, yeah, but I told you. Like, but if you slip it in, like kind of That's quietly, what I do. We slip it in. And they don't it was there. <laughs> it, was, it was presented. And you, she's like, yeah, but you can't just say you're going to Montana. I need like... When are you going to leave? When are you going to come back? And don't tell me I'm pretty much going to only be gone eight days when it's really 10 or 12. <laughs> but I'll try to do that, too. I'll be like, it's, it'll really seem like eight. But I'm, you know, because that one day when I'm leaving, I'm leaving in the afternoon. So that doesn't count. That's right. And oh, then man. I, <laughs> I wonder if all of us hunters have the same issues, though, because that sounds very similar. Yeah. Okay. So here's the deal. If I was doing this and he was like, and I just came home and I was like, oh, by the way, next week I'm going bear hunting. He'd be like, what? No, first oh. I'd be like, yes, finally. <laughs> <laughs> no. Do you hunt? No. No. But I would never be able to get away with what he gets away with throwing his ca- calendar at me. With no, kids? I, I with get kids? It. Are you that's, kidding that's me? That's the difference. And he's yeah. just like, well, what do you mean? You're going to be here, right? And I'm like, well, how do you know if I'm not going to be here? What if I'm not going to be here? And he's like, oh, are you not going to be here? It's like, if I did that, there would yeah. this would this is so like... You guys it don't even know how good you get, yeah. how good you have it. That, this is why women get frustrated. <laughs> yeah. No, I know. I'm not, I, yeah, I won't argue that. I, I get it for you sure. You almost, you I do. Know. I'm guilty of this too. You, you just assume. You just assume that, why? You, of course you're going to be there. Could I assume? No. No, <laughs> I couldn't. Of course not. No. It's, it's totally, it it's not. Which I should be able to now <laughs> since Ryan is like, uh, yeah, I should just be able to assume he's going to be there all the time and I could just do what I want all the time. You know, right. I was so happy, though, because I always, my wife and I always talk about it. I'm like, you know what? Plan something. Plan stuff and, and go do it, and I will totally support you. So this this year, she's like, I'm going to Maui with some girls in a, in a month. And I'm like, sweet. I'm go. going to Mexico next and Friday I, and, for a week yep. Good. with and girls. I, and I'm like that as well. I want her to go do things. I, I mean, But my no time, let it. me I, tell you, my time frame. So now January <laughs> is hunting season again, it is. which used to be I, my I daughter's birthday that. month and nothing existed. <laughs> So now I have like three months out of the whole year that if I don't get it in, the rest of the year's his. I apologize for the January That's thing. Like, That's Brian and I's fault. Uh, no, it's like, uh, you can't, we can't have our kids in. It used to be we will never have a baby in September or October. Yeah. I'd be like, what? 
So we did it. We had a baby in January and April. And now it's like, even my 10-year-old is like, what? There's hunting in January? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, somewhere in the world. The no babies and no weddings in September, October bit me. Because I, my, my, my I told my wife that maybe even first time we ever dated. And uh, we ended up having, actually having my third son, September 27th. Oh, wow. Yeah. It was a bit of a surprise. It was poor planning, David. And Ryan <laughs> has spent a, a September of me vomiting uh, for a straight month where he couldn't leave the house. That's when I was pregnant. Yeah. Yeah. And let me tell you, you would think the world was ending. <laughs> the, 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 the meteor was about to hit our house at any moment. It's uncontrollable. As I, as I literally cannot even drive a car or stand the smell of an onion or I will start vomiting. I have to go to the hospital and get IVs. This guy is stomping around the house like a five-year-old kid <laughs> that he doesn't get to go elk hunting. As I'm growing his child you and dying. You couldn't go out for an evening or a morning? I lived on the West Coast. No, no you it's can't. Too far. It's too far. So it's like, I would be like, oh, are man, that you would... kidding me right now? Are you kidding me? <laughs> so I went pretty he, hard after she got yeah, better. Exactly. My wife gave me, I had to be within two hours from the point of which I was standing to the door. Oh, During which she was because it was the last two weeks for pregnancy, um, so I had a Delorm, and she said, "If I, if you get a text, I want you home in two hours." Well, you could do no that worries. in Montana, and, and so I figured out how to hunt around town. There That's when, when I was telling you about yep, that. Yep, That's yep. when I learned. That's and cool. actually, I I wasn't gone when she went to labor, so I was lucky. Yeah, no, Ryan <laughs> was always there for those, but boy, anything that interferes with hunting season, it is like a temper tantrum waiting to just smack you yeah, in the you face. You can't control it. It's, I, it's uh, just built into you. Last year, Oregon opened last year, August 25th, and for some dumb reason, I hadn't thought about it, and um, uh, someone asked me to play music at their wedding August 25th, and I'm like, so I'm used to Montana. I usually doesn't open until the 7th, and I'm like, yeah, that should be good. I should be good to go. And a couple weeks later, I'm like, no, no. And I call, it was, it was, it, it, anyways, I, I, I call my wife. I'm like, do you think it'd be a big deal if I backed out? And she's like, you are not, you oh, are man. going. So I went and I played and I left right after the song very respectfully. And I drove to go out cutting, but that's all I could think about. I probably didn't even sing or play very well, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it's a disease. It's a it bad is. disease. It is. Oh no, I live with an addict. It's it's hard. That's the symptoms are the same. We need I know. <laughs> we need a, we need a hunter's addiction program. Hunter's widows. Hunter. Program. Yeah, and there's lots of us out there. Let me tell you, I can't tell you how many emails and DMs I get from women who are like, I basically gave my husband the ultimatum, like he can't hunt anymore. And that didn't go so well. No, that that's, wouldn't go that's well. That's never gonna go well. And, like, if you demand anything, this is kind of my stereotypical answer. Is I, I understand you. I feel you. It's hard. It's not easy. If you can communicate and you have a good marriage, you figure it out. You know, but if you demand anything, just demand time to yourself. Demand that he comes home and lets you go and exercise or go to the spa or be with your friends. Or if you like to hunt, go... like. You have to demand that because yeah. that's for yourself. You need that time. And I think a lot of it is just these gals. They don't get time because they're with their kids all the time. Yeah. And when you're with your kids all the time, you love your kids, but yeah. you need a break, you know, and, and you're, you're so, jealous. You're jealous yeah. that your husband just gets to pick up and leave and go get that time to himself. That's really what it is. It's, it's more of a jealousy mm -hmm. because you know, you need time to yourself and you can't just pick up and leave your kids like that. Yeah. So it's more of a jealousy, you know? 
And and um, I just say, just demand that you get time to yourself and you get to keep your hobbies. And because women lose that stuff, you know. And I, I think I think women also because you're so you're so selflessly wired. Like you're like like you said, you can't just it doesn't even cross your mind to leave your kids when it. You almost have to like really force yourself to make time for yourself and demand yeah. it from your. Mm-hmm. I like I'll tell my wife that like please tell me when do I need to be home? You can do whatever you want. I will be there. But sometimes she's like, yeah, but it's hard for me to even think of stuff because I, I'm just so wired to be here doing yeah, these Ryan things. Yeah, Ryan always say, you need to get a hobby. And I'm like, what kind of hobby do I get? Like, I just feel like I've been around the kids. I do the kids stuff. I do the mom stuff. I, I do the doctor thing. That's my job. I'm used to doing that. It's it's hard to think about what do I really want to do yeah. once you get in that mode. Before I had kids self-care all over the place i was like going here doing this we were doing trips i was skiing i was working out and 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 after you have kids it's like they become all consuming especially you've got a breastfeeding every two hours you kind of lose your freedom right or yeah. you're up all night or you're if sleep you have deprived. freedom you take a nap you take a nap <laughs> so you kind of forget and then you realize you they get older and you realize yeah i don't have any hobbies like i need a hobby i need to i need something to do outside of yeah, that we, we struggled with that for a while like, oh it's hard i wanted her to have something she could look forward to go yep. do like if that's going to work out and that's going to de-stress you and I'll stay with the kids. That's great. I want that. Yeah. Or go do something. Go do a hike or go to whatever you do. Whatever it is. I know what makes me happy and what I have. Did to you do find to that that wasn't sanity. a good? Because uh, we'll we'll get in debates. She'd be like, well, "What do I do?" Oh, I got, yeah, exactly. I'm, the, I'm like, I don't know. But whatever you want, I will be here. Don't even worry about the kids. We're gonna be fine. Yeah. But I'm also married to a guy who has a list of hobbies. Like, I do too. Here's I, my I, list. I do. I have a scroll of them. I don't Is have that. Is that a bad thing? <laughs> no, no. So when you live with someone so. who has a long list of stuff, yeah. they would do. If if I said, go do what you want. Oh, he's got a list. He doesn't. Yeah. I, he doesn't need to ask me what do I do. But when when you don't have that long list, yeah. and I'm a workaholic, yeah. so in my mind, when I get time, I go work. Or I go, well, with the podcast now, I go do the podcast. I go work on the podcast. And he's like, that is not what I'm talking about. And so I've had to figure that out for myself, right? That's It's different than like... I don't know. Or I'm going to clean the house. He's like, that is not. No, that's not what we're talking about here. (laughs) (laughs) I finally, I got to the point with my wife where I'm like, be totally selfish in whatever. Just go do something only for you. Because sometimes she'd be like, well, I'm going to go help a friend do this. Or I'm going to go make a meal for this mom. Or I'm going to do this. I'm like, nope, you're missing the point. Yeah. Be selfish. Go. Make yourself feel, take, you know, I, you know, I don't even know. We're men. We suck at this. I we don't do. know. Yeah. We're not yeah. good at I mean, this. But I, yeah, I'd get frustrated because, um, you know, I could see that she wants to do something. She wants to get out of the house. And yet there's like some little thing in the house that she could do. Like right. folding some clothes that could be put off or whatever I could do when she's gone. And she would just do that and be grouchy. <laughs> And she could be out doing something fun. And so I would try to push her like, hey, you shouldn't be doing this. Just go do something. Go distress. You know, he can easily like think of that place and go right to that place and go there and do it. For me, it's not so easy. It's like for me to get there and shake everything off and do it. It takes me a little bit because I don't do it all the time. No. Yeah. And, you know, for guys like you and I, we go back there and we we know what's back there waiting for us. Like calmness, you know, everything that we look for when we we try to go off on a solo hunt or whatever. And, you know, we enjoy it so much. We know what's back there. I think 
people that don't do it a lot, they forget that's back there. Yeah. They just don't know it's back yeah. there. So yeah, it takes her a few days to unwind, and then I think she quickly realizes, oh, this was actually what I needed. Right. Oh yeah. All right, that's With my that, question for you guys because yeah. I'm inspired by um, your guys's physical ability. What what is your exercise routines? I think I asked you a little bit about this in Arizona, but I'd be curious to know yours as well. <laughs> I like hiking. If we go out and hike, I do like hiking. Um, I really like, I say, say weight resistance is my favorite. Like the mm-hmm. gym, I'll go in there and lift weights, but like doing cardio or I just not, I go to like classes cause I feel like they motivate me to stay in there. No, I totally yeah. agree. With you. I try to do two classes a week because it pushes you past what you would normally. Yeah, because I think at home sometimes I'm like, oh, I'm tired. I'm yeah. going to quit. Yeah, I'm done. Yeah, Ryan yeah. is really good. Like he, Ryan is like disciplined in that way. Like I'll come home from work and I know if I just worked out for 15 minutes, it would burn off some stress hormones and I'd feel yeah. better. He's just like, we could have a million things to do. Like I could throw my list at him. He's like, I'm going to go out in the garage and work out. And I'm like, what? And he's like, I'm going to go work out. And I'm like, huh? That wasn't on my list. But he's good about that because, um, you know, I think it, it helps his moods. Like, I, I struggled a little bit with depression um, in, in the whole, t- it was like situational depression, I think, in the whole transition, you know, this, yeah. last, this last year. And I'd always, I like running. Like I run the M, mm. especially in the spring and Ryan summer. I do it every M. day. He's, Dude, it's amazing. I told him. I used to hike up there in my pump, like in my flats, drunk at night <laughs> in high school. That was, her, that was her one sentence answer to like, oh, I did the M again today. She's that's what she gave me for an answer. Like, so awesome. I, right. I've always been pretty good about running, <laughs> but, no, but you know, I, I only when I want to. Yeah. And then I heard it on Rogan's podcast one day. He said, you have to make working out like brushing your teeth. It's not a choice. Yep. And it like flipped a switch in my brain. And I'm like, oh, that's my problem because I struggle with consistency. It's because you don't go when you don't want to go. And the reality is, is about half the time I don't feel like going. Like this morning, I did. I stayed up till about 1 o'clock last night, 12, 1 o'clock. I had a few beers. You know, I woke up this morning, I'm like, eh. Kind of felt dehydrated. Didn't feel like doing it. But I'm like, nope, this isn't a choice. Just go do it. And I felt s- unbelievably better when I work out every single day, there's no choice. Yeah. And I try not to do too strenuous. Like I don't, if I, cause if I worked out every day, like, and it was too strenuous, I I think I'd get burnout, but I keep, you know, I work out about an hour every day Mm -hmm. and, uh, I've just never felt better in my whole life. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I like that. What Joe said, I did hear that. Um, and that, that makes complete sense. I mean, like Hill said, she throws that list at me. Yeah, I'll do it, but I'm going to make sure I do something that day, whether it's, run a mile we got this little 1.75 mile loop it's easy you can get it knocked out really fast yep. but it's something just know. anything i think if i can get my sleep i need like nine nine or ten frankly i go to bed like 8 30 or nine and i get up at like 6 30 or 7 i need a lot of sleep it's, it's actually kind of pathetic but i do um and if i get that sleep and i work out that's when i feel the best you mm-hmm. know and mm-hmm. I think a lot of people's problems would be solved if they just did those two things. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I bet I, I would think you would agree with that. You oh know? yeah. Like sleep deprivation is really a epidemic pandemic right now. People don't sleep. Uh, Ryan, he's Ryan can sleep four hours and get up and hike a mountain. And I'm just like, I don't know but how it catches he does up it. To you. You, just, you can't keep at that pace for sure. What do you recommend uh, for people that can't sleep well? 
Oh, there's a lot. For the, uh, the first thing. My recommendation is uh, turn pick up your, some of that slumber because yeah. after you try that <laughs> yeah, stuff. I have. So it, it, it upsets my stomach out. a little bit, but does it does it? make me sleep yeah, pretty good. Yeah, sometimes I can't do it. It actually, like, I will have a slumber hangover. Yeah. But that's, like, some people don't need melatonin. They produce plenty of melatonin. Yeah. If Sometimes you just do a little bit. It's enough. Dude, if I yeah. take um, a half of a scoop of slumber at I fall asleep really easily. No, I can anyway. actually I tell when it. he's taking slumber because he starts doing my this. My eyes roll back into my head. <laughs> I'm like talking to him and I'm like, did you take some slumber? And he's like, oh, I got to go to bed. But but for me, I would say number one is your devices. Mm. You need to turn your devices off and nobody does I'm the it. worst. Nobody. Uh, last night, what were the last words I said to you last night? Turn it off. Turn your phone off and go to bed. <laughs> and it was like midnight 12 30 and really? i was sleeping on the bunk above him how i was not even in you? the bed with him i could see the light of his phone on how bad and is that he for was you? telling me how tired he was i said turn your phone off well we had a fun day and i hadn't checked my phone all day well yeah so because you know people are catching up and yeah. they didn't have time because they worked or they don't know how to fall asleep they need entertainment they're used to constant stimulation so they're watching their instagram stories yeah. over and over and i would say like literally that if everybody turned their phones off an hour before they went to bed, melatonin and your circadian rhythm also get screwed up by light. So oh. you have all this blue light you're staring at. It screws that up and then you don't get tired because your brain is stimulated. So if everybody turned off their TVs and their phones and their computers an hour before bed, took a nice hot bath, drank a little cup of slumber, some herbal tea had sex with their wife, like whatever, you would fall asleep way easier. A lot of less sleep problems. And that is telling people to get off their electronics is harder than telling people to quit like shooting heroin in their arm. Like literally, it's hard. I've noticed I've gotten worse lately with it. Like last night when I went to, especially when I'm by myself at hotels, I'm not with my wife or whatever. I'm kind of like, you're so stimulated from the day. It's kind of my wind down. It's like, Mm -hmm. oh, what's going on the news? Oh, Instagram. Oh, whatever. And I find myself, it's like, all right, I'm ready for bed. And you just set it down. It's like, and then I can't shut my mind off. So this is what I'm going to do every night on the Insta story. Brinker, turn it off. <laughs> Go to bed. <laughs> I would probably see it too. It's a know. pathetic thing. <laughs> I'd be like, stealthy, I know you're watching me because I'm in the bunk above you. Turn it off. Brinker, That's actually a really turn it off. <laughs> I think I'm going to start doing that. I'm going to start. I'm going to start calling people out at bedtime. You should. You should. If you're awake, I'm going to answer the question. Brinker, are you still awake? <laughs> or if I comment on the Instagram <laughs> late, no, David, don't do that. Don't comment or she'll know. Oh, uh, yeah. There's a lot of things, but I take know. melatonin, uh, and it conks me. Doesn't yeah. It? Yeah. 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 Even just uh, five milligrams. Um, but the other day I was sick. And I got to admit, I took Benadryl, which I haven't done in a long time. Yeah. I, that's the best sleep I've gotten in a long time. Benadryl is my sleep drug of choice. Oh, my God. But you can amazing. definitely get the Benadryl hangover, which yeah. some people get. Yeah. But, oh, yeah, Benadryl is an antihistamine. So it knocks your histamine out, and that makes you sleep. I was dead. I woke up next morning, and I'm like... I like Benadryl. Get it out of the house. <laughs> Get it out of the house. Uh, uh, can't be good. It works too well. Yeah. 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 Well, man, we, we should probably wrap this up. It's getting a little long, but um, really appreciate you sitting down with us, David. Yeah, man. This was fun. I, this is, it's, it's, it's great to 
to make some new relationships. You yeah. Know? Uh, I just got to meet you yesterday. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Ryan and I got to spend a week in Arizona. I hope we do that again next year. Absolutely. And maybe someday so. we'll get to chase some elk together or something. Yep. You know, we'll do all that. We won't sing karaoke, but we will Ryan's go gonna sing karaoke. Dude, you go, come good. to the come to the Swan Brothers tonight. You get up on stage and sing something. Yes. Nope. The nope. problem is Ryan doesn't sing, drink, so I can't intoxicate him enough to do it. <laughs> do you drink? Uh not really. Not much anymore. I she does a little. To, she drinks wine. I, I respect that, a guy that doesn't drink. I don't feel that good anymore. Yeah. He just he's never felt good. He just doesn't drink. I'm getting that way. Like I yeah. don't feel good anymore when I have yeah. a couple beers. Actually. Alcohol is not good for you. I didn't know that. Lesson what? number one. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's kind of poisonous, not. isn't it? Yeah. The the amounts at which people drink it, yeah, it's not good for you. Yeah. If you you're know? taking it as medicine or as a tincture or something, it's fine. But, you know, bottles of wine and bottles of beer, it's it's not good for I've you. I've noticed that every time. Yep. Hmm. Yep. <laughs> Thanks, but Doc. people keep doing it. Uh. So, and li- listen, I'm I'm no princess. I I do it too. And then every time I do it, I go, "Why did I do that?" And that's so where I'm at. I you again because I'm a morning I just, person. I just and know I how it's going to make me morning. feel. And I mean, if I take a sip, I feel like garbage. So I don't know. Maybe I'm allergic or something. I'm like getting that, the same way, man. Yeah. I just don't. Bad. So I, don't I'm, try to get Ryan drunk. He's not a fun drunk. I've tried. So on happening. your Instagram story, say Brinker, put the beer down. <laughs> And get off your damn stories. <laughs> <All right. laughs> I appreciate you guys having me. It's a pleasure to spend time with you. And yeah. Yeah. Really glad I got to know you down there in AZ yeah. and hopefully make that an annual trip. Yeah, absolutely, man. Yep. Yeah. Thank you so much. All right. All right. Thanks. Appreciate Thanks, it. David.